You're listening to Living in a Material World, and I'm your host, David Prada. Today's guest is Dennis DeSouza, the king of color, and also my partner and boyfriend. Welcome, Dennis, to a material world. Oh, hi. Hi, boyfriend. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> well, thanks for this beautiful introduction. You're welcome. I'm excited to have you on because, you know, we were going to talk about many things, but specifically we're going to talk about your career in the hair world as well as how ayahuasca healed and changed your life. All right, I'm ready. Let's talk about it. Fantastic. You're known as the king of color in the beauty industry. Tell us about your journey into your career and how you came about becoming so well known in color? Well, oh my God, that's a very long question because the journey was very long. It all started when I was a kid in Brazil and I wanted to become an actor. So I started doing commercials since I was 11 years old. It progressed into me going to theater school and graduating from it and really believing that I was gonna become a superstar in Brazil until I left and moved to London to study English. Ended up meeting my ex-partner who was from Los Angeles. And I was 22 at the time, he was 25. He invited me to come to Los Angeles and live with him and I did. We dated for seven years and during this time, I went to beauty school and I found my true passion. That really meant a lot to me because when I was touching hair and seeing the difference and how people would see themselves after the something that I created, it was really heartwarming and I really felt special doing that. Since the beginning from beauty school, and I love that transformation, the chemistry behind hair coloring more so than cutting and styling. So when I first applied to my first job, which was at the John Frieda Salon in, on Merrill's Place. That was maybe 15 years ago. I knew that I wanted to be at, in that salon because that's where all the celebrities in Los Angeles used to go at that time. I walked in and I was just like, hey, are you guys taking any assistant jobs at the moment? And the manager, I remember she said clearly to me, she was like, well, this is a very high-end salon, so you have to pick between hair cutting or hair coloring. I know you're fresh up from school, but here you have to pick one or the other. I was like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. I know exactly what I want to do. I want to be a colorist. She's like, good answer, because our main colorist here needs an assistant. So if you wait around for a minute, he'll come and talk to you. Five minutes later, he came, we talked. He told me to start the next day, and I was thrilled because that was the best salon in Los Angeles. I remember my second day working for him, I was shampooing Michelle Pfeiffer. And I remember at that time, she was maybe 44, 45, and she was at her prime, and she was so gorgeous. And I remember looking at her face and shampooing her, and I was like, oh my God, I'm shampooing the Catwoman. <laughs> and I couldn't believe, I was like, wow, this is like life-changing. I'm on, on a path here. I had the best uh, mentor. His name is Jonathan Gale, and he was really good to me. I remember he would always pick my brain, like, okay, so you heard the consultation with this new client, so what would you do? He would always, like, challenge me. And I remember I really picked it up really quick, and about a year and a half I was working with him, maybe even less. He told the manager, he's like, Dennis, this, after 20 years I've been training people, he's the one who is going to go above and beyond be successful, give him a chair immediately, he's ready. He doesn't need to assist me anymore. The manager and I, we were like 
in shock because I thought I was getting fired because I was like, I was getting a little troubles because we're really good friends. And sometimes I forgot to mix the color for him. And, you know, so there was always a little complications between our friendship and mentorship. But he shocked me that day. And then a few weeks later, I was working with my own clients, starting my own career. And everything seemed to be falling into place in a way where I couldn't explain because the moment I decided to go to beauty school, everything worked out. The universe just opened the doors for me. And it was a beautiful story. But everything happened when I decided to move from John Frieda Salon to Andelicom Salon, which had just opened. One of my clients had gone to get her hair cut by either Andy or Leanne. I can't remember exactly at the time. I remember they were calling me from the salon saying, hey, I did one of your clients and I love the color on this client and we need a colorist immediately. Can you come for a, an interview? And I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. Let me go meet these people. And I went and it was great. Andy was actually leaving to go on tour with Madonna. And he was like, I need you before I leave so we, I can you know, show you around, blah, blah, blah. So I started working with him. While I was working with him, I met Mara Rozak which now is one of my partners at our salon. Her and I started working together. Everything starts when you partner up with someone that you love at the salon. So, for example, I do color, she does cutting, and her and I vibed from the beginning. And she was like, hey, I'm doing this client for a photo shoot for a campaign for Tresomme. The clients are asking this celebrity to have a little bit of highlights around her face. And I love your style. Do you mind doing it for me? I was like, oh, my God, my pleasure. Who is the girl? She was like, well, her name is Rachel Bilson. And she had just finished the OC. And she was like the it girl at the time. I remember was the time when Paris Hilton, Nicole Richie, Rachel Bilson. They were the it girls. They were the girls that paparazzi were following them everywhere. I took the job. I did a bit of highlights around her face. She looked beautiful. I remember she was looking at herself in the mirror and she was like, ah, and I was like, fuck, what did I do wrong? And she was like, Dennis, come here. And I was like, what? She was like, this is beautiful. The reason why I never color my hair is because every time someone touches my hair, it goes orange. And you were the first person that made it look so beautiful and subtle. And like, I love it. She was like, do you think it can go any lighter? I was like, yeah, I think so. She was like, well, I have to go to do this job. And they want it to be very settled. But once I'm done, I want to come back. Would you take me? I was like, um, absolutely. <laughs> so she came a week later. I couldn't believe that she actually came. And, and that was the time when I was trying to like find ways to recreate this look of the Brazilian women hair that I used to see growing up in Brazil on the beaches, the surfer girls with like brown hair and that bleached blonde that I believe at the time they used to use that thing that they put on the surfboards, the paraffin, they would put it in their hair and they had those bleached ends. And I, I thought it was so hot growing up. I was like, ah, I wish I would have a hair like that one day. And I wanted to recreate something like that. So I was training my eyes and my techniques to get to that level. And when I saw that girl walking into the salon with 20 paparazzi outside, I just meditated for a minute. And I was like, this is my chance. Hard work and also opportunity. It's meeting at this moment in time. And it's like, this is my time. 
So she walked in. She was like, do whatever you want. I trust you. And I remember this girl walked in with brown hair. Paparazzi taking photos of her outside. And she leaves with the hair. Brown on the top. Bleach blonde tips on the ends. And everyone went bananas for it. <laughs> My career went from a zero to a thousand after that day. Because she was photographed by so many paparazzis. Her photos were everywhere. And the phones the next day at Andalic Comes Salon wouldn't stop. Everyone wanted the Rachel Wilson hair, the Rachel Wilson hair, Rachel Wilson hair. And then soon after, magazines, beauty editors calling the salon, who is this guy? Who is this kid that's done this beautiful hair color that we've never seen before? And it was called the Ombre. <laughs> that's what the magazine started calling it. It was just like one of those moments, those pivotal moments that really changes your life. And I believe that I was on that right track and I put all the work and effort and just paid off. So I was really happy with that, but didn't even know where that was going to take me. I knew that clients were just flocking in, but I didn't know that it was going to take me to the next level. And it all happened when I started getting so many interviews and I was like, hey, I don't even know how to manage this. So I went after an agent who has been with me for now 10, 12 years. I hired a publicist and everything just like fall into places. And my career just took off immensely. I remember magazines calling the king of color. And, you know, those are the things that will, they will call me. And I would look at myself I was like, wow, I'm this kid that came from Brazil with nothing, with $2,000. And now I'm here shampooing Michelle Pfeiffer. And then on the, on the magazines, people are talking about me. I was like, wow, this is insane. But also so great. I was so appreciative. But obviously with that came hard work because now I was doing three, five clients a day. Now I'm doing 10, 15 clients a day. You know, it's a stress. It's like puts a lot of stress on your body. And with that, I got signed by a global brand called ColorWow. They had just launched and they wanted someone to be the face of the line. And I got my first big contract. And with that, I had to be in front of the cameras, I had to go to QVC, I had to do interviews, I had to go into morning shows all over the country. And that's when I realized that all the little puzzles were being laid off and I would find the pieces together because I was like, ah, if I not had my training in acting and did commercials growing up, yes, I could have been a great hair colorist, but... I wouldn't have this presence in front of a camera. I wouldn't have this ability of being able to be natural in front of a camera and really teach and talk about my mastery and, and tell kids, this is the product for you, for your clients. That what really pushed me to the next level. So sometimes we feel like we're being trained and groomed for something and life just takes us on a journey that you would have never expected. And now I see all the training came for what I'm doing now, which is my passion, doing hair, making people feel good about themselves. When they look at themselves in the mirror and they say, oh, my God, I look so beautiful. And they cry and I cry together. And when I'm in front of TV and I'm able to like, hey, this is what I love. This is my technique. And then people actually listen to it, get inspired by it and create something to mimic what I do. This is so rewarding and I feel so grateful for this opportunity and for being where I am right now in my career 
I just want to explode in happiness because it's really so awesome. Every time I wake up, I'm grateful and I'm like, wake up with a smile on my face. So this is a little bit of the journey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an amazing journey. And I love how you became the king of color and how you created a look that will live on forever. Everyone knows the ombre and that was your creation doing all that. Now you did bring up, you know, working on the floor and going from doing three people to about 10 to 15 people, even more a day. And it was very taxing on the body. So your career has been so successful, but with that comes a lot of stress and pressure. Tell us about, I remember you told me that you were diagnosed with something on your shoulder and all that. And you were trying to find ways to fix it. And that's how you kind of started working with the medicine and going into ayahuasca and things like that. I think it's important to just segue into that. Yes. Well, like I said, with success came overload that was manageable, but also very exhausting on your body. And when you're doing hair, you're looking down a lot and your arms are always up and you're moving, even though I'm not doing blow dries or haircuts, like I'm not holding a blow dryer, which is heavy. But I'm still with my arms up at all times and I'm looking down at all times. So that puts a huge stress on your shoulders and your neck. Not only that, I was with success. I started like wanting to do what I love the most, which is traveling. So I was always on a plane, whether it was for work, whether it was for pleasure. I was nonstop. I was pretty much seven days a week, nonstop. I would never really take a vacation because my vacations were always like fun and I'll be dancing like I I always come back more tired from my vacations than, you know, I always said I need a vacation from my vacations. And then I will go straight into work because I love the balance of traveling and working, but I always felt bad for leaving for 10 days. So I needed to be back at work the next day. As soon as I'm back from traveling, it wouldn't take one or two days to like relax and and ease into it. So we'll go straight into work. So that's adding more stress to your body. You just came from a 24-hour flight into working the next day. So shoulders were just breaking the point where I was having so much pain on my shoulders. I remember that I went to the doctors. I was like, I don't know what's going on, my shoulders. And this doctor was like, you need to operate immediately. And I was like, operate immediately? I was like, I don't know. I need to have a second opinion on this. And he was like, yeah, I was like, so what happens if I operate? He was like, okay, well, you're going to be three months out of commission. You're going to be able to work. It was like three months out of commission. That was like probably April or May. And I already had my summer planned. I already had like two trips planned, one to Mykonos, one to somewhere else. I was like, um, there's no way I'm going to miss out on that or be on cast traveling, doing those things. I'm going to need a second opinion and I'm going to have to just wait until summer is over. Maybe in December I'll come back. And gladly, I never went back because that was about the time when I started hearing about this miracle plant medicine that heals people, that is something that can heal your body, but not only your body can connect you with the source or creator or God, whatever you want to call it. As I'm hearing this, something just sparks and I'm like, I need to do this immediately. So my friend told me I've done something that changed my life. And I was like, what is this? And she mentioned to me, I've done ayahuasca. I was like, ayahuasca, what is that? Tell me about it. And she was explaining to me what it was. And then I was kind of understanding, but not really. But she was like, just trust me, go for it. And I was like, okay, give me your shaman's name. I need to be connected with him immediately. And I want to come to the next ceremony. So she did everything she could, and then I was in for the next ceremony 
And that was one of the most incredible, beautiful, I can't even explain because there's no words to explain how you feel once you are in a medicine and you really understand that is more out there than what we believe or we can see through the veil that is our perceptions. And that first time I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like what I experienced that night was so sublime and it was so interesting. It was so life-changing that I didn't even know that I was going to go into this journey, into this path so deep after that first ceremony. And it's, it's slowly I started going into other ceremonies and really felt my body healing slowly. But not only my body, my physical body, but old patterns, old traumas, things that were really blocking myself from growing spiritually, from evolving, from being able to hold space for others and be kinder and be more at service. Because what I do every day, it's to be a therapist, really. Like clients come to me with not only their issues of their hair is broken or their hair is too dark, or, you know, they also have their personal issues that they unload on me a lot of times and I'm there for them. I have to be there and be wise with my words. And I believe after ayahuasca, the first time I was more present, I was able to hear more and I was able to really think of what to say. I wasn't so like, I should do this and I would like really listen to what they were going through and really think of what I would say that could change their lives or could touch them in a way where they could also be healed and also become someone a little lighter and more enlightened. Somehow inspire them to become better as well. So I shift completely my attitude towards my clients. And I feel like my clients even see this transformation through the years. I've been on this path on the medicine for the last five years. I've done 29 and counting ceremonies so far. I've seen through the years many friends, many people during ceremonies that came with life-threatening issues, that came with traumas that were so deep, that came with after times and times trying to kill themselves, that would be their last resource before they really finalized their suicides because they were in so much pain, because they were in depression, in pure depression. And I've seen like people with like so many other problems that are so much deeper and so much more in a level where I couldn't even understand because my traumas were so much less than theirs and I could see their transformation how they were able to heal in a way where the conventional medicine wasn't able to deliver to them and that's why they were there and same thing with me but my thing was more really to understand more about where I stand and why I'm here why was God made me come into this planet like there must be a reason for it so I was more in search of that Doing that, I figured out that I had my own issues that I had to 
also heal. I wasn't like just looking for answers. I was actually during the ceremonies, I realized that I was there to also be healed. You know, my mom had me when she was 15, just 15. She turned 15 in January and I was born in February. And my father wasn't around. So even though my mom at such an age had all the love and all the answers and all the, the things that she could come up to make me feel loved and cared for, I didn't have a male presence without me even knowing or thinking about it. Those were little traumas that were developing in my body in a way where one day I would have to stumble upon it and try to fix it. And that's what the medicine showed me because the medicine comes into your body. Everyone calls ayahuasca de abuela. Abuela means the godmother. So my way of explaining to someone what ayahuasca does, it's almost like inviting your grandmother that beautiful soul to come into your house and she arrives, takes a look at your place and like, oh my God, hijo, this house is so dirty. Fuck, let's clean this shit. And she starts cleaning up. So she goes into your computer system, really. She goes and she sees all those files that are just backing up and you are not able to upload new things. So you're stuck. So what does she do? She really goes through all your files and say, you don't need this. This pile of shit has to go. This doesn't belong here anymore. Let's get rid of this. And then when she leaves the apartment, your house is like spotless. There's nothing out of place. And that was the beginning of it. That was feeling that way where you're more aware of your body, of where you stand, really made me feel like I'm not just Dennis DeSouza, the hair colors. There's more to it. And I want people to see that. And I want people to understand that if it worked for me, it can work for everyone and that's why i decided to accept your invitation and not only talk about my journey as a hair colorist but really talk about something that changed my life in such a positive way and hopefully plant the seed to your listeners because i'm sure a lot of them won't even know what ayahuasca is and i hope you do your research because it is something that can change your life as well so how beautiful well, clearly it's been transformative, and it's also transformed many people that have experienced it. And I think right after I had met Dennis, he also took me to a ceremony, and the ceremony was probably one of the most beautiful things and experiences that I've ever encountered in my life, and it came to me around the time I really needed it. I'm very thankful that Dennis came into my life when he did, because at that same time, Barney's had gone through bankruptcy. I, as a personal and business owner, lost so much, and... I had so much post-traumatic stress from other issues in my past, and, and Dennis took me to my first ayahuasca ceremony up in Northern California with his shaman, and from that moment, I learned how to handle things in a better way. And I also took away my anxiety, took away any signs of depression I may be having, and since then we've done many ceremonies together, but he was the catalyst for many people in his life as well as in my life to take us into the ceremony and i think right now we don't have much time left but i want to go into speaking about like what happens when you walk into the ceremony what is the breakdown when you go to your first ayahuasca with a shaman and what can people expect in that moment because i think people get scared as to what they're going to be walking into well i think the thing that people are scared the most is about throwing up and i want to clear 
this subject because you're not throwing up because you ate. I think they're scared of pooping too. And pooping, yeah. you know, that <laughs> doesn't not, happen. Let's not forget that. I wore three <laughs> pairs of underwear because I was scared of that part. But that doesn't really happen that often. So, and you know, you, you have control of your body. You know it's coming and you're able to get up and go to the bathroom and do, you're not gonna poop your pants. Some people do. Some people do. <laughs> that haven't happened to me. But first of all, everybody knows when you're sick and you're vomiting and you're, it's embarrassing. So people are embarrassed of vomiting next to each other. So first of all, you're not vomiting. You're not sick because you ate something. It's, you're making, it's making you feel ill. You are literally, that's your grandmother clearing all those fires that I told you about before. And you are literally vomiting energy vomiting traumas, vomiting things that doesn't belong in your body. So every time you, you, that thing comes out of you and you take your first breath back in, you're like, oh, I feel so good. Oh my God. And then you just thank God for that opportunity of releasing all that horrible energy that was stuck in your body. So first of all, if that's your issue, forget about it because you're gonna feel so great after you have your first purge. All that negativity just coming right out of your soul and your energies. For me, I speak Spanish, so I was always saying, que rico. I would be, after I would do it, I felt like so much was taken off my shoulders from stresses from the past. So it's just, it's, that purging is a beautiful part of it's, the ceremony. It's releasing and it's a beautiful thing and you should only feel grateful for it. So when you walk in, I didn't do any research, to be honest. I went with my intuition. Everybody says that ayahuasca calls you when you're ready. You don't look for it. And if you look for it, it's because you're being called. So she has her mysterious ways. And I didn't want to do a lot of research. I wanted to go with my heart open and my mind open to whatever it would happen. So I drove myself five hours from Los Angeles into the Redwoods in Santa Cruz. And it was in this beautiful land that my beautiful shaman and his wife had created a very safe space, a beautiful place where everything is organic. Everything is like, even when you go to the restroom, the toilets have buckets inside. So everything goes back into earth. And it's like, they have this beautiful philosophy about who they are and how they help people. I remember I arrived, it was inside of a yard and there was like probably like 20 people inside of this yurt and I didn't know anyone and I, I wasn't scared. I was excited, really. I wanted to like, what is this? Like, how is this going to change my life? And I remember sitting on my comfortable little mat <laughs> next to other people and then you take your first cup and then you close your eyes, you're in darkness, everything's dark and at the first 40 minutes, it's very silent. The medicine is getting to know your body, you feel it. You feel like that tingly sensation and then suddenly colors. What's the thing called? Um, kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope. I was like, wow, I'm getting inside of this kaleidoscope. And then the medicine is calling and you just jump and you go for it. And the music starts and my shaman, he plays the most incredible music, like five different guitars while his wife is going around and spraying things and smoking, smudging everyone. And it's such a beautiful ceremonial way. Through the music, I was able to travel. In the frequency of the music, I was able to travel through past lives, through different realms, 
And as I started going more often, it will develop into going to different dimensions, like seeing beings that are not from our planet. And it's incredible. Like it's mind changing because you realize we are really not the only ones here. There's other forces and sources and beings and things that we can't even explain or understand. But once you put your mind to it and you really want to open up your mind to understand more about life, this is the way. Because I see the medicine as the key to unconsciousness. And the music, once you open that, once you open that door and you're exposed to unconsciousness and you're exposed to the cosmos and you're exposed to being surrounded by other beings, you travel through that music frequency and only magic happens and the healing, the transformation begins. Amazing. Oh my God. So I'm sure everyone that's listening is now like more curious about ayahuasca and will do so much research on it. I know I did, I'm a researcher. So before I did it, I kind of read every single article, saw every single video. I was so prepared for it because I'm a control freak. Oh yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a control and I'm a little OCD at times. So like the whole experience for me was, I was anxious on my way there, but I was so well prepared I had all the snacks ready. I had everything the ready. The dieta. I was on the dieta, which was you have to prepare you all plant-based for 10 days before. The hard part for me was the no sex part for a week or two. No masturbation. <laughs> and that. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. You can't. So there was a lot of things, and I couldn't even have a glass of champagne or wine. So those were the difficult parts, but it did transform me immensely. It's for someone that's ready to jump into that a lot of my friends prior to going into ayahuasca started microdosing and doing other things to help them segue into ayahuasca but for me i can't say anything negative about it it has changed my life it has made me learn how to let things go a lot easier and i think it's made me a better person you make us feel not so attached to little issues that used to bother you before just when that happens and you see it and you're like oh I don't fall for this anymore. This doesn't bother me anymore. Like even traffic now, I'm so much more calmer. Like I drive and then someone cuts me off. And I'm like, that's not going to change my day. I'm sorry. You're not going to do it. The matrix is not going to be able to fuck up my day. I'm going to keep listening to my beautiful music and I'm going to still drive and I'm going to get to where I have to get at the perfect time. I clearly need more ceremony. Because <laughs> <laughs> for me, um, it did last for a few months, the first round, where I was a lot less stressed. And But overall, you know, being in the beauty world, we're both in the beauty space in different levels. And, you know, it comes with a lot of stress, a lot of people expecting things from you. So everyone wants to be beautiful. So yeah. And so that could also take a lot of toll on one's body and mind. I think what I learned is not to sweat the small stuff and not to let the material things take over my life and to really focus on what's really um, genuine, true, and also to keep my mantra, which is always working with great people and not working with assholes and keeping those people away from me. Do you feel like, I have a question for you, do you feel like after your connection Ooh, with plant I love medicine? it, he has a question for me. <laughs> yes, Mr. Dennis Souza. Plant medicine and understanding that our planet is in big trouble right now. And I feel like medicine is calling everyone because we are in the 
forefront of this transformation. The planet's going through a major transformation, we all know now. And being more aware, not about only us, but like other peoples and our planet and how everything needs to be sustainable because the planet, it's like my shoulders. It's going through stress, my neck. Like I couldn't move my neck, I couldn't move my shoulders. And I feel like planet Earth is going through the same thing. We're putting so much stress into the planet. We need to stop and realize that nature is there to help us and serve us, not to be used and slaved for our benefit. So with that said, now, do you look for new brands to work with that have that in their background? It's funny because after my first weekend of ceremonies, I did come back and focused on I was not going to be working with any brands that weren't sustainable, that weren't really putting integrity into what they're creating. So most of the brands since then, I've gotten rid of many brands and I've brought on all new brands that are more plant-based, a more sustainable packaging on the same pathway as my own growth. And so I have changed and shifted in that regards. Mm -hmm. I've also gotten reconnected to my roots, which is I was always a college hippie and I love the woods and I love nature and I love the ocean. So with my 25 years in the beauty industry, I have put in tons of plastic into the ocean with all the products I've sold. So I did learn I've got to shift and change and mm -hmm. help reverse the things I've done. Yeah. So I think, you know, talking about ayahuasca and all the journeys, I think the most incredible journey thing most of us all had to go through and survive was during pandemic and having to be quarantined. And fortunately, we found a little ranch on five acres to rent in Joshua Tree. And I was able to work remotely from there and you were able to work on yourself there. But I think it's important for all of our listeners to understand like what it was you were doing to kind of keep yourself flowing and staying, you know, intact spiritually and mindfulness and all of the things that we all went through during that time. I know for me, I learned so much. I learned how to become a teacher. I learned how to do other things that I wasn't doing before. Yeah, for me, it was different because my whole life was about working and succeeding. When you come into another country with no English, very little money, but a lot of dreams, you know, that can take a toll in your life because you put all the stress and you feel like you have to kill, as a foreigner, you have to kill not only one lion a day, you have to kill three, four lions a day to succeed, to stand out. So my whole life was about pressuring myself to go better, to achieve things, to get to where I've always seen myself, my dreams when I was a kid, where I wanted to be. And to get there, you know, is fun, but also takes a toll on your body and your... And when COVID happened and I really had this time for myself to really stay still in nature, which is something that has never been part of my life. I've been a city boy. I was born in Sao Paulo, which is one of the biggest cities in the world. Moved to London. Then from London came to Los Angeles. So my entire life was big cities. And I really never connected with nature. And being in the desert for 14 months that we were able to rent the house for was really something that showed me that being still, being within yourself is also a great thing. That's when I started doing yoga deeply every day because my neck at that point couldn't even turn. My shoulders were in so much pain. I would wake up in the morning, in the middle of the night, 
my entire arm would be, you know, that tingly sensation where you can't even move your arm because it's, it feels like a dead weight. So yeah, I had no to circulation. Yeah, no circulation because my neck was so bad that the nerves were being pinched and I could barely move my head backwards. So slowly every day doing my yoga, listening to medicine music and really going deep in my body and moving. It was almost like a Tai Chi, like very like slow motion. And then I'll feel and then suddenly crack. It was almost like I was inside of my body and really pushing from the inside my bones like to stretch. Almost like I was a butterfly trying to come out of my cocoon. That's how I felt. I really felt that my pain was like cracking away because every move that I did, that I could hear the, the crack. I was like, oh, wow, that was something that now that stress was taken away and I'm able to right now like move a little more my neck. And it really took me a full year of that to like feel balanced, feel like my chakras were aligned. I feel taller because... Before, my neck and my shoulders were holding me to the point where I wasn't standing straight. I was a little bit hinged. And I feel like taking this time, this 14 months, to really go deep, dive into my meditations, dive into my body, move my body, stretch my body. A very, very, very healing time for me. And I know you could have taken this, this tragedy two ways only. You either went into the rabbit hole of being afraid, being scared and sad and like make your life miserable for those months. <laughs> or like me and many other people that I know went on the other side of the spectrum, which is let me take this moment as something that God is presenting to us to really dive in, to really reconnect with nature, really reconnect with my body, really reconnect with my health, my being, by healing myself, how can I heal others? So it was this transformational thing that I really needed because I was doing ayahuasca for the last four years prior to that. But the moment I was done with my ceremony, I would jump into a plane and go work in London or and then from London, I would go to Mykonos and that summer, you know, it's, I was never really integrating myself. So this was the moment where I really had the moment to not only expand mentally and spiritually, but also heal my body. And now I feel 100%. I feel like I'm 25 years old again. <laughs> but it was almost like God has given me a second chance because I feel like I'm 25 with my experiences, my brain of a 45-year-old man. All that wisdom. All the wisdom. It's great because, you know, that you had 14 months of, you know, transformation and also going back into yourself and being able to just have reflection on the past years. I did the opposite. I just put myself into work mode. And while he was doing yoga, I was just teaching classes online. And I realized there was a whole world out there and that I haven't tapped into. And that's kind of where this podcast came from at the moment because I started doing Instagram lives. And I did a whole other journey myself of reflection and, and challenging myself other ways. A lot of people tapped on their creativity, took that moment to like, how can I expand my work, how can I expand what I do and make it in a different way? That's what you did. I went on the healing process. You went and you're tapping your creativity, how to expand that. I wish I would have done the healing now that I look back in retrospect. <laughs> but, but you know, that's not how my mind works normally. I can't sit still.
want to move over to something more fun, which is uh, my rapid fire questions before our segment is over. So living in a dentist world, if you could only have one snack for the rest of your life, what would that be? Oh God, everything's sweet, but I don't know, peanut butter. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> facial hair or no facial hair? It depends on my mood because I'm a chameleon, so facial hair. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would that be? Somewhere in Europe, seeing myself on a beautiful villa or something. So clearly the next question, I'll know what you're going to say. Tiny living, could you do it? Oh, that's a hard no for me. <laughs> <laughs> I figured saying villa in Europe. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Probably flying. <laughs> First celebrity crush. Oh, wow. Brad Pitt? Ooh, that's a good one. He's aging very well. It is. Neutrals or colors? Oh, my hair colorist, so I'll have to go with colors. <laughs> I'm more of a neutral guy. Bath or shower? I love a good bath, but I'm a shower kind of guy. Favorite vacation spot? Well, it has to be Mykonos because I've been there for the last eight summers in a row. So, well, not last year, obviously, but... Can't wait to go someday. We're going to go, baby. Biggest beauty mistake? Probably when I shaved my head. I should have never done that. It was horrible. Oh, I love that you had a Britney Spears moment. I think we all do at some point. I never did. I just went bald and had to buy new hair. <laughs> what is your biggest indulgence? Spending what I have and don't have to go on a fabulous trip. <laughs> he has taught me how to do that, which is not so good. Okay, sex on the first date. <laughs> no, if you want to keep the guy as a boyfriend. But if you really don't think it's going to go anywhere, sex on the first date for sure. If you want to maintain that person because it was captivating the first date, you got to make him oh, work for it. I wish I would have known that on our first date. <laughs> Worst beauty or fashion trend? And that is my last question. Oh, the scrunchies. I hate them. Oh, scrunchies? They're back. It's just like the 90s all over is again. back, but I don't think crunches are going nowhere. I love a good velvet, crushed velvet scrunchie. Never with a big bangs. It just brings me back to junior high and high school. Mm -hmm. And that was you wearing it, too. I did have a scrunchie because I had long hair, yeah. And blonde, right? I did have foils put in my hair back in the day. King of color. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so before we end this, where can people find out more about you, Dennis? Well, I should be better at those things, but I'm not. I have an Instagram account, which is my name, Dennis De Souza, uh, D E N one N I S D E S O U Z A. And through Dennis De Souza, you'll find my website, you'll find Mare Salon, where at my beautiful salon here in Los Angeles, it's Mare, M A R E underscore. Salon, S-A-L-O-N. Or you can also find on my new Instagram account called Pure Shalom. P-U-R-E-S-H-A-L-O-M. That's the one where I'm trying to really connect with more of a spiritual, more artistic, not about work, but about me and my journey. So if you're into that, those are the places to find me. Wonderful. Thank you again, and I really enjoyed this conversation today. Thank you. So did I. You're going to touch many people's lives with all your knowledge in this industry. Well, thanks, Dennis. Well, that was a wonderful episode with Dennis DeSouza. I'm actually very thankful. I think it's very important to share 
anyone's journey, specifically anyone that has experienced ayahuasca or plant medicine. And during, you know, the last year and a half of everyone's lives, last two years, a lot of people have gone through a lot of suffering and realized that there are certain things that they have to go and figure out inward. And so for anyone that's suffering from post-traumatic stress or anyone suffering from depression or anyone that has severe anxiety or has addiction or certain things they're working on, ayahuasca is a beautiful medicine to do some research on and go into the internet and find out more about ayahuasca and other plant medicines that are helping people heal during these times. I think this is a new direction that many people are looking into. So thank you again for joining us on Living in a Materia World. We hope you enjoyed this episode very much. For more incredible content, visit us on Materia.com or follow us on social media at Materia.